welcome to the Nursing Standard podcast. I'm Flavia Munn, editor of Nursing Standard, and I'm introducing this episode of the podcast, which is examining the support available to black and minority ethnic nurses who are experiencing racial discrimination. My colleague, senior news reporter Kimberly Hackett, has been speaking with Naomi Bennett, a nurse who set up Equality for Black Nurses. The group provides emotional support, therapy and mediation to its members. This may be for nurses who have experienced microaggressions at work or are going through a disciplinary process. Naomi also talks about what white nurses, who are also members of Equality for Black Nurses, can do to help their mission to empower nurses to stand up against racism. So let's take a listen. Hello, Naomi. Thank you for speaking with me. Uh, We're really lucky to have you on the Nursing Standard podcast. So can you tell us a bit about why you started Equality for Black Nurses? Okay, so I developed Equality for Black Nurses in light of the, you know, the COVID-19 and also the George Floyd incident. With the COVID-19, it was a way in which it disproportionately and and adversely uh, affected black healthcare staff in in the UK due to mainly the racism and discrimination aspect in the workplace. And can you give a bit of an overview as to what the organisation is, like how it works? Do you meet regularly? I know at the moment it will be on Zoom and so on. Yeah, so we have regular Zoom sessions and we've created like a a peer-led black nurse support network so, so, so it's really aimed at those who are experiencing sort of some of the elements of race discrimination, you know, passive microaggression. Also, there's a lot of people who are being put through, you know, like the disciplinary process. And it, 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 a lot of those cases did seem very unfair for the nurses. So it's a, it's a platform where nurses can openly talk about how they're feeling and some of their experiences and obviously having a shoulder to cry on. And Equality for Black Nurses, it's for nurses of all ethnicities, is that right? Yeah, we um, welcome all ethnicities. So you've got white nurses, black nurses, Chinese nurses. Yeah, we we have a a range of different nurses that have joined us, yeah. And how has that been, having nurses from so many different backgrounds? What, What difference has that made? I think it's really nice because it's a safe space where nurses can just be themselves and be open about things that they may not be able to talk about in a clinical environment. You know, so around the COVID time, a lot of the black, Asian and minority ethnic nurses, they were worried about the what they were seeing in terms of the, the disproportionate number of patients who look like them and and those sort of fears and anxieties you can't really just openly talk about those in that environment obviously maintaining professionalism you don't really want to be on the ward saying you know you know you're really scared about what you're seeing and there's a level of boundaries that you have when you're working in those environments but um, obviously with the zoom sessions we have for example nurses are able to dig deeper and express their fears and how they really feel about the pandemic and the risk of catching COVID-19. So so we created this safe space 
And you spoke a bit about the Zoom sessions. How often do they happen and how many people turn up to those? Yeah, so we, we've got the Zoom sessions we have every Tuesday at nine o'clock. It varies on the people we have joining us. Some weeks we may have 50 people and other weeks we've had up to 200 people joining us. You know, some nurses just get to the end of their tether. Some people outside of the group, so some people will just phone us up or send an email and express how emotionally drained they are. And some nurses have like been frightened to go to sleep. Like they're, it's keeping them awake at night, their fear. Yeah, so I guess the organisation came from those conversations that I was having just with like my close, you know, colleagues and not having anywhere to be able to like let everything out. You officially started the group up in July, was that right? Yeah. Roughly how many members do you have? Okay, so we've got um, a thousand members at the moment. Do have a range of different members joining our Zoom. We've got a team of lawyers. We've got in-house counsel as well now who are supporting various nurses. But the the breakthrough work that we're doing at the moment is with some therapies, creating a therapy to support people of colour, black and brown nurses, Asian nurses, ethnic minority nurses, even nurses with disabilities, to support them through the discrimination aspect of the trauma and the suffering that that comes as a result of that particular type of 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 suffering so so i think when you're discriminated against it's a unique type of stress that we kind of feel that needs to be addressed you know because we're we're nurses it's a vocation it's it's something that we love to do and sometimes these allegations go against the core of our being and what we set out to do so we set out to do nursing because we love to deliver patient care we love what we do and then you may get some individuals that take a dislike to you and they use that paint you almost create a narrative of you being something that's not familiar with you so when they're accusing you of you know compromising patient safety you know some a lot of the time these a lot of the allegations are not supported with evidence because of the system it's not really set up for us and it's it there's a lot of bias there's a lot of unconscious biases because especially when these are people that have been working for the organization for a long time a lot of them are very grounded and they've got a lot of influence so it's very difficult so it's almost like the nurses lose their voice do you find that having a system where nurses can support each other and talk to each other about it that people feel more comfortable talking about it whereas before they didn't know who to turn to yeah I think as well that that due to the nature of racism it, it the insidious nature means that you can't always see it and you can't always describe it with overt racism somebody calls you a name or they do something blatant but with covert racism you can't necessarily see it or even understand it unless you felt it and therefore it's hard to describe yeah. and explain to other people yeah absolutely but when you're with when you collectively have a group of nurses that know it it becomes more familiar so that so it's almost like it's it's more of a relaxing conversation and I think that came up a lot with nurses who have been traumatized they're going through issues and the employer may then refer them to in-house therapy and the therapist may 
be a white therapist who doesn't understand discrimination or the insidious nature of racism. So therefore, a lot of our nurses end up having to teach the counsellor and the therapist about what it is. And that in itself adds to the trauma. So this is, and we've also, not only have we, we found it there, we've also found it in things like mediators. So some trusts do try their best to support the nurse and they will offer mediation. Oftentimes the mediator has no understanding of the cultural differences for that nurse. So a nurse, for example, some of her behaviours or some of the things she does may be connected to her culture and that's what they do in that particular culture. However, you might get a mediator who doesn't understand that culture, that, but then that can influence the outcomes. And also with the disciplinaries, a lack of understanding of cultural differences can give a nurse a poorer outcome but knowing the cultural differences of individuals can help in, to get a better outcome so so that's where um, I feel that the equality for black nurses when we bring these nurses together on this platform they're able to resonate with each other so if a nurse says um, if we've got somebody joining and they're talking about their experiences other nurses other black nurses black nurses of color nurses who have faced discrimination will totally get it. You don't have to then re-traumatise yourself by saying it's this because of that. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I completely yeah. get that. And having, you know, you have therapists, qualified therapists, don't you, working yeah. with the mm -hmm. organisation as well. And has that, you know, does their presence make a difference? Like how involved do they get? Is it one-to-one -one or is that part of the group session? Yeah, some nurses have come to us and they literally feel suicidal. Um, so, and, and again, if you look at some of the institutionalised racism we have in the, um, in the medical system, a lot of the nurses, black nurses in particular, are almost afraid to go to their own GP because, you know, they have images of getting sectioned or not being listened to, not being believed. And again, you know, so so some nurses have come to us where they're so afraid to go to seek help from their from the traditional route. So this is why it was important that we have like trained therapists on hand. Mm. So we have trained therapists who um, set up um, some sessions with the nurses. We also do um, some group work, and a lot of the group work and a lot of our therapy that they they focus on sort of bereavement and loss and trauma and and in a nurturing um, way. Again, it's very important that the environment is non-judgmental because we're there to support nurses and support each other. So that's something that one of our highest priorities is welcoming nurses with a non-judgmental and giving them, giving them space to talk. And, and on the other scale as well, we've had some nurses come in that feel that, you know, perhaps there are a few issues where they're working. They may feel that they it could be discrimination, but through deeper diving inside them and talking and being open, sometimes it may be the nurse who may be lacking some particular aspects of her training for example so it's, it's definitely it's very bespoke what we offer but it's, it's, it's a lot about giving that safe space we've got nurses we've got a nurse that was with has been working for the same trust for 20 years she's the only black nurse within the whole trust and they're really quite horrible to her maybe some may not de define it as race discrimination however 
her her mental state has meant that she's just stuck there. So we've got a team with inequality for black nurses that will help nurses to rewrite their CV. And also we do practice um, interview skills. I've also connected with um, some employers who are they're, they're more conscious of the um, difficulties that black and brown nurses experience. So then we connect them with those organisations to, you know, support them with finding another job. We call that our just an exit plan. So that's another way that we're supporting nurses. It sounds like you've done a lot in a short space of time. How, I don't like using the word easy, but how straightforward was it to bring all these elements together in a pandemic, yeah. especially when you know we're focusing on ra- we're focusing on racism and discrimination that at the moment are they're they're very raw topics for people how how what was it like bringing it all together and did you face face any backlash i'd set up a business um I've, i'm an inventor so i've invented a product called neoslip neoslip is a device to help people to put on their compression socks, anti-embolism stockings, far easier. So I developed Neoslip when I was a student nurse at Kingston University. And through that, I had to learn the processes of manufacturing, of selling, um, you know, getting the product on NHS supply chain, and also networking, connecting with people. So I'd say I had some experience in terms of um, putting together an organisation and also the racism that I'd experienced pretty much all my life, I was able to consolidate my learning because I realised as well, even from when I was born into this system, there was problems. You know, I've, I've yeah, I had problems at school. I've, there's, there's always been um, institutionalised racism that shows up whenever you kind of want to progress in something. What happened to me gave me an opportunity to consolidate it all together and now make some good out of it and support others with with the learning. So in terms of pulling together the people, yeah, I, I guess I had some experience from setting up the organisation, but I must say now, the organisation now is very uh, member focused. So we've got members that are doing our blogs. We've got members that work on our social media. You know, we've got um, members more or less working on training. So we're offering training to trusts. We've got mediation. We've got um, mediation training going on. And all that is for our Buntu buddies. So the Buntu buddy is like a specialised person who has got that training and they will liaise with the lawyers and they will also liaise with the um, the, count, the therapist um, and help to support those nurses. We also create like a support network, support bubble for individual nurses who may need um, additional support. But like I say, the point is a lot of the work that we're doing is by members. Okay, I understand. Yeah. And going back to the Buntu buddy, can you explain a bit more how that came about and particularly, um, could you explain the reason for yeah, picking so the name? In, in Africa, there's a concept known as Ubuntu, and um, that's a profound sense that we are human only through the humanity of others, and that if we are to accomplish anything in the world, it would be in equal measure due to the work and achievement of others. So it's, it's, it's more nurturing togetherness. And the Ubuntu buddy that we um, have within um, Equality for Black Nurses is, is somebody who's trained, they're assertive, they have good communication skills. It will be a nurse, will it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. understanding a variety of issues that um, often affect black and brown nurses in the workplace and also um, can help demystify the situation. So, so basically the, the, the Ubuntu body sort of in, encompasses different elements of what we are trying to achieve and, and become like a support for that nurse. And it, it's almost like I say, that that's what we've created now already within the group. So most of the members, we I would say they're definitely Ubuntu buddies where they're supported. Yeah. Sounds like a, a nice a nice idea and a nice name to, to go with it. Now, um, you, you spoke a lot about how it's a non-judgmental group and, you know, you want people to come in feeling they can speak about anything. So I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of a white person. If for, for the listeners, I'm a mixed race woman. For me, going into an organisation with uh, many black people, that that wouldn't feel unusual for me. But I'm just imagining if and I'm not saying this is the same for every white person, if you're a white person joining Equality for Black Nurses, imagine we have a nurse who is, isn't aware as, as to the issues that black nurses face. Yeah. And that nurse who says, like, I'm coming to you to learn and, yeah. and I, wanna, I want to do better and, and make sure that I'm there for my colleagues and, and my patient. Yeah. You know, how, how, yeah. how does the group help nurses yeah. who have no idea? Yeah, 100%. So yeah, we do have, well, we have a lot of white members who actively get involved, they're allies to the cause. And these are nurses that have identified the discrimination that they've seen, and they want to do something about it. So so we've got lots of white bloggers who will talk about their experiences, and how they see discrimination and how they almost can see that they are at an advantage due to the colour of their skin. We also have white nurses or white midwives, we in, in invite people to teach us about um, things that we don't know. So we've got um, a midwife, we've got Heidi, who's a white midwife. She's taken an interest in the slaves that were experimented on without any anaesthetic. So again, this is some work that she's doing to, you know, get justice for those those black women. So she, we would regard her as one of our allies and she's very supportive. And she also will call out the racism because um, interestingly, the members that have joined us, they will always, um, some of them have talked about how they've seen injustices, but they didn't feel confident to speak it out. So by being with us as a group, we're able to kind of give some you know, some tips or how we might um, receive that better just to speak out for somebody because not everybody can speak out for somebody when they see an injustice. And, you know, it does take a lot of courage. And um, as we've seen recently um, in, in the media, there was a, a white um, nurse who spoke out about some of the discrimination. And as a consequence, she was then victimised. Yeah. Um, goodness, she was able to win her case at tribunal, but it's not easy. And we definitely acknowledge that. So it's very much an organisation, like everyone's involved. Everybody's it, involved. It's, yeah. it's open for everyone. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and do you ever, um, are there any kind of gender focused issues with the with the group? Because obviously you've got male nurses, female yeah. nurses. We'd like to have more male nurses. We do have male Buntu buddies as well who um, have a, a law background that have come in to that post. So it would be nice to get um, some more male nurses. We have some male 
members and and usually the allegations against them are, are so terrible and uh, a lot of them are um, unfounded and made up with no evidence mm. but they're so terrible the stigma attached to it and the psychological damage that it does to these men um, again that's something that we we are definitely working on trying to encourage more men to speak out about some of what happens, what their experiences. Yeah, a lot, a lot of men do leave the profession. Yeah. We've heard that. So we've had a lot, we, we have people who contact us after leaving and especially after going through the fitness to practice process. And, you know, I guess, because once that injustice happened, you, you know, it's, it's very difficult to kind of just keep going with your life. Mm. very difficult so they obviously need some support as well yeah that, that's understandable so um what are the next steps for the group where, where do you see this going yeah so what we're doing at the moment we're working on developing our therapy program that's one thing we've set up now a mediation program with our lawyers that's something that we're um, rolling out. And then- Who are you mediating with, sorry, if, if lawyers are involved? Yeah, so the lawyers will um, help us to um, set up a structure so that we can offer trust, independent and objective mediators. So mediators as, a, as an additional service to equality for black nurses. So some black nurses may come to us or some nurses, in fact, will come to us and say, um, you know, there's issues going on at work and they don't know how to manage it. And we obviously want to prevent people from going to tribunal because ultimately that is expensive, not just for the, for the, it's expensive for the trust. The NHS at the moment is struggling. We don't really think it's good. It's not conducive for them to have these lengthy and expensive cases. So what we're then doing is offering sort of like a mediation in the middle because psychologically the impact is also so huge on the nurse and so what we try and do as a mediator is get in nip it in the bud and come to a resolution yeah because in those situations like there there are no winners because even at the end when somebody you know like we spoke about the nurse who recently spoke out about racial discrimination okay so she won her case Mm. but she's had to to fight that and the the battle Mm. that 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 an individual has to go through sometimes on their own even with the support even though you've got support of union and friends and colleagues you're still very much on your own to, yeah. to a point aren't you yeah I think it's, it's it, it is it can be quite difficult for the trust because obviously they've got so many balls to juggle yeah sometimes all it takes is just a, a conversation with them and you know a lot of the trust we're finding are open for training they're open to say you know We want to be inclusive and we don't want to discriminate against Mm. any member of our staff. So a lot of the time they're very receptive. Mm. That's really important. And it's it's really nice to hear that because it's like just like your organisation is all about coming together and working together. It's very much like you're not against the trust. No, you want to work with them them. to help nurses and therefore help patients. There seem to be a lot of hostility. But I think with with knowledge, with education, that hostility can almost be addressed. And, you know, like I say, nurses, we, we do nursing because we love working with people. You know, we love working with people. We love what we do. And, you know, I think I think for us, it's definitely about working together and coming up with solutions for these problems. And a lot of the problems do start very small with very silly little things even to say. 
and then they can ex like grow. And, and that's where we think it's really important for maybe um, cultural training and an understanding of the differences. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why you use the word silly. I guess you mean kind of small. Yeah, small. That, that, yeah. yeah, that actually they build up and then they become really dangerous and yeah. it has wider implications. Some of the behaviours are unconscious. Mm. They're unconscious behaviours, but you, with that unconscious behaviour, comment or an action, it can then grow and manifest. We've had some nurses in the group that will say their colleagues will put their hands through their hair, but they don't say anything about it. But it's inappropriate. But it's, it's really about just informing those people that think it's OK, that actually it's not. And if you can do that by way of training collectively, um, that seems to be um, a good way forward. We, we, you know, for us, it seems to be working. I think, yeah, and, and the nature of those kind of behaviours, it can be uncomfortable, especially people who have not thought that there was anything wrong with it for all their life. And it's something, it's like a learnt behaviour. Mm. Somebody to pull you up on something and say, actually, that's not appropriate. You know, there's a lot of defensiveness. You know, there's a lot of emotion with that, a lot of guilt. So I think it's it's important that we take those things into account and acknowledge that some of the behaviours are unconscious. It's not, it's no blame, but just don't want my hair to be touched, you know. Yeah. So so I think it's um, really just addressing those um, issues. A lot of our nurses as well, they would change their name um, or the, the, their names are often mispronounced. And, and a lot of the nurses, you know, the, the, one of the phrases that comes up a lot is that nurses say that their colleagues say, I can't understand you. What are you trying to say? And it's the way that they're saying this. It can almost be um, sometimes it can go straight to that nurse's heart and it's offensive and it upsets them. But again, it's difficult yeah. for that nurse to have that conversation with that colleague. Is, is there anything else? that you, you're looking to to introduce? I think you know, at the moment it, it is just really focusing on yeah, setting those foundations mm -hmm. and structures, putting those in place. We are very, we're a very strong group. You know, we've got we've got matrons in the group, we've got, you know, um healthcare assistants, we've got a range of different skills, we've got an amazing pool of skills within our group. And yeah, we're always open to um, you know, any ideas, but any nurses that are out there listening that might be going through like disciplinary towards them or they might be picking up, um, you know, they might feel like that they're being bullied and harassed, discriminated against, and they can give us a call or drop us an email. And like you said, we, you know, even white nurses might be going through bullying and harassment, they're always welcome. We're there to support um, all nurses and just to clarify the group isn't it doesn't offer it doesn't offer indemnity and it's not a union is that right yeah we're not in it we're not a union no we don't offer indemnity but you are there as a as like an emotional support yeah sound board and also we do have legal um employment lawyers to help look at your case and look yeah. for forms of you know discrimination and anything that breaks the equalities at Okay. Well, I mean, from my point of view, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's about it, really. Yeah, it, it's, it's been really great speaking to you and the organisation. Really, it's still in its infancy, but you've done so much yeah, in, in yeah, such yeah. a short space of time. So um, I'm really glad that we could have you on the podcast. So thank you for speaking with me.
You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that all the resources connected with this episode of the show can be found at rcni.com forward slash podcast, where you can also catch up on any episodes you may have missed or simply want to play back. And we greatly appreciate any feedback, so please do rate or review us on Apple or Spotify podcasts, which will also help other people to find us. I hope you enjoyed the show.